0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. The four Scottish sides in Europe find out their qualifying opponents. Rangers say Steven Gerrard is 100% committed to the club while dismissing talk of an approach from Derby. And former Gers and Kilmarnock striker Chris Boyd calls time on his 18-year career. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna. And a very busy Tuesday of travel planning for clubs and supporters. Celtic are heading to Bosnia, Kilmarnock are heading to Wales. Aberdeen are going to the Arctic Circle in northern Finland. Rangers have to wait before they find out whether they're going to Kosovo or Gibraltar. Shea Yojo is coming to Glasgow. He's here already. But Stephen Gerrard, they tell us, Andrew, is going nowhere. Yeah, there's the breaking news. As we talk, Rangers have just tweeted out there. They are delighted to confirm the signing of Shea Ojo from Liverpool on a season-long loan subject international clearance. A fifth signing of the season, Roger. Stephen Gerrard certainly getting his business done early. Yeah, and he, he's made a point in the last couple of summers of trying to get as much done early as he can. Um, Shea Ojo We've seen him before During loan spells Down south um, If he comes up And makes the impact Of Ryan Kent He'll be a very good signing If he comes up And makes the impact Of Ovi Ejaria, He won't So all Rangers can do All any of the clubs can do With these loan players From down south Is offer them a platform And it's now up to Shea Ojo To show Stephen Gerrard's faith Is justified well, you can get involved yourself, Celtic fans, Rangers fans, Kilmarnock fans, Aberdeen fans. What do you make of your uh, Champions League and Europa League draws? Rangers fans, are you happy? The club say Steven Gerrard is committed, as well as the signing of Shea Ojo. And uh, what about Chris Boyd retiring today after an 18-year career? What are your favourite Chris Boyd memories? What are the ones that stand out? You can give us a call on 0141 951 1025, or you can give us a tweet at Clyde SSB but we'll start we'll go in chronological order shall we from the uh, stories from today we'll have a look at the draws from the Champions League and Europa League first qualifying round they happened this afternoon Celtic taking on Bosnian side FK Sarajevo in the Champions League Rangers will face either St Joseph's from Gibraltar or Pristina from Kosovo in the Europa League well, Angelo Alessio's Kilmarnock, they'll face Welsh side Koneski Nomads. And it's a trip to Finland for Aberdeen as they take on Rovaniemi. We'll look at each one in a bit more in-depth, Roger. But overall, what's your initial thoughts? Um, awkward, I would say. It seems to get harder for the champions each year. Celtic, you know, I remember the days they used to get straight into the Champions League group phase, Andrew. And then it was a qualifier, and then it was two, then it was three, now it's four. And, you know, it wasn't seen that many years ago that it was Lincoln Red Imps little part-time team from Gibraltar that Celtic started off with. Now it's Sarajevo, champions of Bosnia. Now, I don't know, I won't pretend I know the Sarajevo team inside out, but the mere fact that they're champions of Bosnia will tell you that they're going to be awkward opponents for Celtic. Um, I understand that as although Celtic came out of the heart first, it's likely the second leg will be at Celtic Park. And right at the start of the season, that's probably going to help Celtic quite substantially. That gets harder for them each year. As for Aberdeen, I think it's the logistics of getting into the Arctic Circle and, and playing playing a team, I believe Roman Niemi are actually playing just now in a league game against Latte. So the finished season is up and running. That puts Aberdeen at a disadvantage. As for Kilmarnock, you saw last season that Conor's key nomads are no mugs. Delayed Ross County in the Challenge Cup final in Inverness before they just fell out the game late on. So they'll be awkward opponents for Kelly as well. Rangers, we don't know. If it's St Joseph's at Gibraltar, you saw the problems Celtic had with Lincoln Redams at that time of the season. If it's Pristina, 
it's a step into the unknown The one thing you'll see in Rangers' favour is They handled all those problems very well last season When it was Macedonia and Scoopy At this stage, they got through it So, fingers crossed, the four who go in Will all advance to the next round 0141-951-1025 If you want to give us your thoughts on this We'll start with the uh, the Champions League draw It started, uh, came out around half one today Celtic Sarajevo the Bosnian champions as you said Roger came out the hat it's, it's always hard to tell when it's a team from somewhere like Bosnia where you know it's hard to judge what sort of level they're at one of the easiest ways to, to do it is have a look at their previous results in Europe and you look at it last season they were in Europa League qualifying they beat uh, Armenian side Binance uh, on aggregate last season and then they had a very strange run of results against Atalanta because they came up against Atalanta very good Italian side they were away from home in Italy a two-all draw you think that's that's pretty good going then at home they lost 8-0 how, <laughs> how does that happen in the space of a week? Well I'll take you back to Celtic against Lincoln Red Imps you know Celtic were caught cold in that horrible pitch in Gibraltar three years ago lost 1-0 and came, came back and won the second leg so a week can be a long time at that stage of the season two of the biggest problems Celtic have will be the temperature you would think will be a lot warmer in Bosnia at this time of year than it is over here and you just never know what the pitches are going to be like when you go to places like that um, in Celtic's favour you'll say they've experienced this type of thing before and they've got through the last couple of years they've got through difficult qualifying paths and made it to the group phase they're seeded for all four rounds whether to get that far they would be in pot three whether to get into the group phase draw it's all there for Neil Lennon and his players But for me Sarajevo's possibly the most awkward Of the potential draws they could have had at this stage Andrew How do a club like Celtic deal with this When they're going into a tie And you've got a side that you don't really know Too much about You've got a very short amount of time to get to know them It's it's a very awkward situation Yeah and it, and it is because the Bosnian season is not up and running Just now you know for Derek McInnes and Aberdeen it's dead easy to find out about Rovaniemi because you just go and watch their games just now they're in mid-season for Kilmarnock it's easy all they need to do is look at last season's Challenge Cup games that Connors Key Nomads were involved in and you know phone Stuart Kettlewell and Stephen Ferguson up at Ross County and phone the other Scottish sides that Connors Key Nomads took on it's harder for Celtic and potentially for Rangers as well in their draw because they won't know much about Sarajevo and I think it's important for Neil Lennon that you know, the guys he's relied on last season to win the treble, he can get as many of them onto the park as possible. You know, he's, he's not going to have half a dozen newcomers in the team, so that's a positive for Celtic. It will be more or less the team that finished the season with victory in the cup final that goes in, I think the first leg they're talking about, the 9th of July. It doesn't seem very far away, so it'll be a strong, solid Celtic team. They should have enough to get through, but they'd be advised not to treat Sarajevo lightly. It's crazy as well when you think about it. I mean, it feels as if the season's just finished and all of a sudden we've got well, it, the fixtures coming out it for, has for just season. I mean, last Tuesday night, Callum McGregor was still playing for Scotland against Belgium seven days ago. And now already, his teammates are back for pre-season training. I think he's got another five or six days off. But, you know, his, his teammates are back. They're working hard. And it's almost a 12-month season. Now, there was Callum McGregor, 69 games for club and country last season. He's getting 12 days off. And already... He'll be getting himself into a mindset that the season starts all over again on July 9, probably in Bosnia. It's a very hard task to try and guard against that sort of burnout, isn't it? When yeah. you're playing that many games. Yeah, very much so. And you just wonder, you know, Kieran Tierney had a season last season badly interrupted by injury. He, he 
bravely fought on as long as he could. He missed the cup final, went for surgery in Munich. He'll be hoping he's ready, if not for Sarajevo, then for maybe the second round or the third round. But you just wonder, you know, he has played an awful lot of football for a young man in the last two, three, three and a half years. And you wonder how much of the injury he had was simply down to that physical exertion of playing so many games for club and for country. In the last few years, you know, Celtic play the same number of league games, but they'll play more domestic cup games than any other team. And because of these four qualification rounds, far more European games as well. Yes, Rangers played a lot last season, but consistently year on year, Celtic have played an awful lot more football than the other teams. 0141-951-1025 if you want to get involved. Celtic winger Daniel Arzani has been talking today after the draw. He says they can't take Sarajevo for granted going into their first qualifying round tie. He also says it's unfair that Celtic have to go through four qualifying rounds, but he's tipped them to make the group stages. The biggest mistake you can make is underestimating a team like this. I think going into it, you have to take it very seriously. Um, it's Champions League after all, anything could happen. So you've just got to you know, do your research and play as well as you can. Do you think it's unfair that as champions Celtic have got to go through so many qualifiers to reach the group stages? Um, I think it's a little bit unfair, but I also think that um, the cream always rises to the top and I think we have the quality to go through all the way and I think we are going to. And it's unfair, like you said, but at the end of the day, you know, we've just got to stick our heads down and get the job done. When you come straight away back into pre-season, everyone's so serious, you know, and everyone's like really got their heads down and straight into it. Um, in my experience before, obviously pre-season, first couple of weeks, you know, take it a little bit easy and then you notch it up towards the end of it, getting ready for the season. But here it's just straight into a bang. And, and that's obviously because there's such important games happening very soon. The quote that struck me there was Daniel Azani saying that the cream always rises to the top. Certainly seems confident about these Champions League group stages. Yeah, it, it, listen, qualifying that, stages, sorry. The lad themselves had a terrible time, that bad knee injury. Indeed, the same day, Ibuiku has to get injured as well Very similar cruciate injuries I don't think he'll be ready for the Sarajevo ties But I think once he is ready It'll be interesting to see the impact he can make Because I think the Celtic support will hope He can edge towards the type of impact Patrick Roberts made over a period of time Um, Very highly rated young lad um, Was in the squad for Australia at the last World Cup On the periphery of things there so the sooner he can get back I think the better for Neil Lennon And although he won't play a role against Sarajevo I think he will play a big role this season He could find it tough to, to break into the team When you look at the wide areas There's, there's James Forrest, there's Scott Sinclair Mikey Johnson, Marion Schwed's in there as well there's, there's a lot of competition There is a lot of competition there I'm not sure all of them will still be there When the transfer window closes I think it's the 2nd of September this year on Monday night um, I think clubs are looking at the likes of Mikey Johnson and Lewis Morgan Maybe take them out and loan I know there was an interest from Motherwell when the talks were going on over David Turnbull so maybe one or both of them might be out Shved an unknown quantity I, you know I remember the quotes at the time from Brendan Rodgers when he was signed in January before he was loaned back to his Ukrainian club saying oh we've got millions of wingers here I don't know why we need another one so it'll be interesting to see if he can make an impact Forrest the first pick without a shadow of a doubt but I think the other side of the park is it's really up for grabs at the minute because towards the end of the season after Neil Lennon come back Although he got a contract extension, Scott Sinclair certainly wasn't always a first pick. We'll look at the uh, the Europa League draw now. The Rangers one is a bit more awkward to try and talk around and deal with because they've not been drawn against one club. They've been drawn against a tie of two clubs who are still to play in the preliminary round of the Europa League. That's St. Joseph's from Gibraltar and Pristina from Kosovo. Once again, when you get to this stage, it's, it's two clubs that, that we don't know a lot about. What we do know about 
We'll start with St. Joseph's. They finished third in the Gibraltar Premier League. I know that what Rangers have learned in the past is they cannot underestimate teams at this yeah. level. We saw that with Progress Niedercorn, and I'm sure they certainly won't be doing that this time around. Absolutely not. And the fact that it's an either-or will allow Rangers to go to the two legs of the preliminary round tie and just suss out, you know, Pristina, suss out St. Joseph, who it's going to be. Um, I think Stephen Gerrard takes his squad away this Saturday to Portugal for the, the pre-season training camp. Um, and last season, you know, to get through four rounds, three of which they were unseeded in, was, was a fantastic achievement by Rangers. But if they set that standard, the supporters will expect them to get through four rounds again this season to get back into the groups. European football was a big thing for Rangers again last season. You remember those group phase games, Moscow, Vienna, Villarreal. It, it sort of, you know, brightened up the first half of the season for Rangers supporters. So Stephen Gerrard will expect to get past either Pristina or St Joseph's but go a good bit further than that as well You say there's that expectation from fans to, to get all the way through and, and into the group stages but there's also surely an expectation on the domestic front in terms of winning silverware and, and challenging Celtic for the trophy it's going to be important for Steven Gerrard and the squad to be able to strike that right balance between the two Yeah, but I think that's life at Rangers and Celtic for you You know, you're expected to perform on every level and I think the next thing for Rangers is silverware without doubt whether it's a cup, whether they can realistically challenge for the league title this season. Um, Stephen Gerrard's got players in there, Shea Yojo today, Greg Stewart last week. There was the pre-contracts for Jordan Jones and Jake Hasty. Stephen Davis has come back now in a permanent deal. Jermaine Defoe is going to be staying for next season as well. Morelos is still there as well. I haven't been any bids for him so far, Andrew. And I think if Rangers can get maybe another centre-half and maybe one more player, I think, you know, Stephen Gerrard will be pretty happy with what he's done. The breaking news just as we came on air as well was, of course, the, the signing of winger Shea Ojo on loan from Liverpool. He'll be there for the season. What do you make of that acquisition? Well, again, all the clubs can do is give the lad a platform to go and play. Um, Ejania came up this time last season. He came up in a blaze of glory. He was given the number 10 jersey. And he flopped dramatically and was shown the door even before the next transfer window had opened. Uh, the flip side of that was how well Ryan Kent did. Ryan Kent ends up as PFA Scotland Young Player of the Year. He's still a guy the Rangers are trying to bring back. Next season, he's done so well. So you just never know when you bring these players up. Um, Stephen Gerrard will know him better than we do. He'll know all of his qualities. But, you know, sometimes people, I think, underestimate the Premiership up here. Underestimate the, the difficulty of of going to Hamilton on that pitch, of going to Kilmarnock, where Rangers lost in the last day of the season and, and a dreadful record against them last season, of going to St Johnson to take on Tommy Wright's team, of playing against Motherwell. You know, people think, oh, these guys come up for Liverpool, oh, they'll, they'll you know, sweep everything before them. They don't. So, Shea Ojo will need to work hard to, you know, before he can allow his talents to flourish. That is the one thing as well. You touched on Ryan Kent there. Some people may have thought that Stephen Gerrard bringing in a, a different winger from Liverpool might see a deal dead in the water for Ryan Kent but it certainly doesn't look as if that's the case it looks as if they are trying hard to, to bring him back to Ibrox. Yeah, I think they are trying hard to bring him back um, it looks as if Glenn Middleton was heading out to Doncaster Rovers in a loan deal um, it looks as if Jake Hasty, although he's just signed may also be going out and loan um, you don't know how versatile Ojo is whether he can play the more central role we're still unclear as to what role Stephen Gerrard sees Greg Stewart fulfilling? Is, is he going to be a wide player? Is he going to be someone who 
who plays off the front We don't know Daniel Kandias is still in the premises as well He did well last season So the, the makeup of this Rangers team is going to be interesting Thus far All of the signings have been In that sort of final third if you like um, I tend to think if they're going to Break their duck and get silverware under Stephen Gerrard They now need to look at defensive reinforcements And I'm sure they'll be hoping that Shea Ojo can bring goals to the wide areas as well Because when you look at Celtic last season They had James Forrest Who scored a lot of goals Scott Sinclair As well Rangers didn't Get the same return From Daniel Kandias And Ryan Kent Who were the two That played regularly In those wide areas Yeah And that was one of the things Celtic shared the goals Out last season Right through the team At different stages Of the season It was maybe Forrest Contributing Or it was Edward Contributing Sinclair Would you say They didn't have a great season He did weigh in With a lot of goals Ryan Christie went through a phase of scoring goals. Callum McGregor always chips in. Rogic chips in. You felt at times with Rangers, if Morelos wasn't scoring, they were really struggling around the team. So I think that's one of the things. You heard Glenn Kamara talking last week that Stephen Gerrard has taken them to one side and said, listen, you need to score more goals next season. Um, and I think you'll probably be having that chat with Ryan Jack and Stephen Davis, all the newcomers, Candace, Ojo, who's just come in today, um, to try and take the burden off Morelos and Jermaine Defoe a bit more next season 0141 951 is the number if you want to get on the phones you can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB after the break we'll be talking about Kilmarnock and Aberdeen's European opponents as well as the future of Steven Gerrard Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've been talking about the Champions League and Europa League draws, and we'll go straight on to the phones because I think that's what Craig, a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld, wants to talk about. Craig? Uh, hi, Andrew. Roger, how are you? Hi, Craig. Um, Good, thanks. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've seen the Europa League draw today. For me, it's not a lot of worries me, obviously, because I would expect the Rangers would get past either one of those two sides. Um, but what I would say, you know, much like what a lot of Celtic fans have been saying, um, it's not the most important thing for Rangers next season. Yes, it'd be great to get into the group stage and we should aim for that. But ultimately, um, you know, I would much rather that we ended up with a shocking defeat to one of these teams and still went and managed to beat Celtic to the league and, you know, got a cup next season because that that's that's what Gerard's aim is. I mean, I think, and I don't know if you'd agree, Roger, but I think if, if Gerard doesn't win silverware next season, I think his job's in big, big trouble, personally. Well, um, well, it depends, doesn't it? I mean, if it goes something like the last day and Rangers lose the league on goal difference, you, you could make a, a claim that there's advancement again, there's improvement again. If he gets to two cup finals, then again, there's advancement, there is improvement. And I know what you mean that the league's the most important thing, followed by, by domestic silverware in the two domestic cups. But you know yourself, Craig, if you're at Rangers or you're at Celtic, the supporters expect you to do something basically in every competition. You know, that people will expect Rangers to, to advance in Europe as well. And it's a difficult thing saying, oh, you know, it doesn't matter if, if Rangers get knocked out to a team from Kosovo. It'll matter later in the season. If Rangers don't make an impact in the two domestic cups and, and, and trail Celtic in the league again, that'll be thrown back at Stephen Gerrard as another failure. Oh, you lost in Europe as well. So these early weeks of the season, Europe is important. I know, I know the point you mean about the league being most important. Of course, it's always a priority for Rangers. But Europe, because of the, the success in Europe last season, 
think the majority of fans will, will look for them to, to do something in the continent as well. Craig? Oh, no, listen, I, do, I, do, I, I do agree with that, that he certainly should be getting into Europe. You know, I think last season, I think Europe was a saving grace in many ways because failing to, to reach even a cup final last season, you know, had we had another disastrous campaign in Europe on top of that, I think, you know, we may well be talking about, you know, the next Rangers manager at this point in time. So um, I think that respect, absolutely. Um, the other thing as well, you know, the, the signings that have been made with young boy Shea Ojo, um, I was kind of concerned when I was listening to Hugh Gevens last night, he seemed, he seemed to have he seemed to have the boy written off before he's even kicked a ball because he was sort of comparing him to Ovia Jari and things like that. And I just thought, I, I don't think at this stage you can, you can compare him to anybody because until we've actually seen him kick a ball, I don't, you know, there is, you can't say that he's going to be like this or he's going to be like that. It's, at, at the minute, nobody knows. Um, I personally think it would be fantastic. You know, I, I think he's a promising young lad and if he comes up and, you know, plays to his ability, then I don't see any reason why he can't be a success like Ryan Kent was. In fairness, Craig, I don't think that Hugh was writing him off. I think he was just... As Roger did earlier, you're, you're showing both sides of the argument. You you could get a Ryan Kent out of a loan deal. You you could get a, uh, an Ovi Ajari out of a loan deal. It's you don't really know what to expect. I think the big thing for Rangers next, Andrew, is as we said earlier on, is bolstering the defence and also getting Ryan Kent back. Despite the fact Ojo's in, I think they still have ambitions to get Ryan Kent back as well. Um, you look defensively, even just in terms of numbers. You know, having lost Wardle back to Nottingham Forest. Gareth McCauley's leaving the club as well. It leaves him just with, with, with two centre-backs. So George Edmondson at Oldham is the, is the one they want at the minute. I think Stephen Gerrard would still like another left-back. Whether it's Martin Olsen, whether it's Max Lowe, whoever it is, I think if they could get money, they get the money back in Borna Barisic, I think they would push for a left-back to give themselves a back four of maybe Tavernier, Goldson, Katic or Edmondson. And, and then a new left back And I think if Steven Gerrard could get those guys in Joe Aribo's been spoken about before I think the majority of Rangers business after that May be easing guys out the door Well since we're on Rangers Well thank you to Craig and Cumbernauld first of all But uh, talking about Steven Gerrard there a, a story that came from down south today Roger Around midday suggested that Steven Gerrard had Knocked back an approach from, from Derby County It said the club were making contingency plans For the anticipated departure of Frank Lampard he's expected to replace Maurizio Sarri as Chelsea boss but Rangers have now given their side of the story this is what a spokesperson said this afternoon they said let's get one or two things clear our manager has not been approached and he remains 100% committed to the job he has there well that's put that to bed Rangers will hope um, Darby look as if they're losing Frank Lampard to Chelsea and they'll get something in the region of £4 million in compensation for Lampard and Jody Morris going um, if you are the chairman of Derby County Or the board at Derby County And you're looking around for a replacement It's maybe only natural That you would look at someone like Stephen Gerrard Because Very similar profile to Lampard Lampard was deemed a, a success at Derby last season Albeit he didn't get them into the Premier League He took them very close That playoff final against Aston Villa um, If you're doing things by the book And have no reason to believe Derby didn't do things by the book you, Your first approach would be to Rangers to ask permission um, Clearly Rangers wouldn't give permission um, So they can't speak to Stephen Gerrard So maybe the story's just got a little bit twisted somewhere It wouldn't surprise me if Derby had him very high up in a wish list But I think the statement from Rangers today 
Um, and I believe the Rangers hierarchy have spoken to Stephen Gerrard at length before issuing this statement. Statement today will put that to bed. Stephen Gerrard will be staying at Rangers and will not be going to Derby County. 01419511025 on the phones. Charlie is a Rangers fan in Airdrie. First of all, Charlie, can I get your thoughts on the fact that Rangers are saying that Stephen Gerrard is 100% committed? Is that something you're happy to hear? Oh, aye, because uh, he just started at Rangers and hopefully he's going to be there for a good wee while. You know, and things will get better. Hopefully we'll win this league, the league this year. What do you think that Stephen Gerrard needs to needs to do this season to, to please the Rangers fans, Charlie? Well, definitely win a cup. Um, and uh, hopefully, as I say, I think we need a, a major investment of cash. I would like to think we'll win the league, but I don't think we've got enough money to do it. I, need, I believe there may be somebody come in to put an injection of cash into the, in the club. I, I believe when Gerard came up, he's been promised uh, the money he would need. But I think he's been, they've been, the board's been held on back because um, they're talking about nobody's coming in. You know, he's not a Sloan player and that, you know, and he's done, no, done nothing to Wolves and all this kind of thing. Uh, so, um, I was somebody was saying, um, Davy Beer was saying that uh, we need established players, no players that um, might be good. You know what I mean? We need somebody like uh, Davis, Davis, who's um, played the started playing, you know, and they've given him a new contract. Players like that, they push it out of the line rather than bring in these ones. It's uh, no tried and trusted, you know. I don't, I don't so think I Charlie believe... Charlie you're not going to get Much more established Than Alan McGregor Stephen Davis And Jermaine Defoe Who who were three of the Aye, Three I'm, of the big money talking, Big wage signings I should say Last season for Stephen Gerrard I'm, I'm talking about the player He's bringing in the new You know what I mean That player that's Coming for Liverpool You know what I mean He's just been Dossing about to different teams I mean Ryan you know, Kent had, somebody... had, Ryan Kent had similar Loan spells He was at, he was at Barnsley He was at Freiburg And he, he hadn't done Too much of note before that, Charlie, does that not give you hope that maybe Shea Ojo can deliver the same sort of thing? Well, I'd like to think so. You never know until the man starts playing, you know. But um, I think we need maybe a major signing. You know, a major signing, really. Maybe even two. What positions would you look at, Charlie? Well, I would go for another centre forward. Uh, because my, my original point was I've heard that Coutinho is um, coming in for Morelis. Um, he's already, the, the team he's wearing now, the Mexican club, he's already spent 10 million and 6 million in two different players. So I heard that he's coming, he's thinking about coming in for Morelis. I think, uh, I think so if Morelis goes, Pedro was talking in Mexico last night. He, he, he does have money to spend. He wants to spend it on a centre forward. Um, whether or not that's Morelos and, and whether or not Morelos would think At this stage of his career A move to Mexico is the best move um, Morelos has done very well for Rangers 30 goals last season I think Morelos will see his next career move Being in either England Or you know maybe like a France Or Italy, somewhere like that I would be surprised to see Morelos go to Mexico um, I, I said a very little surprises me Charlie But I, I would be surprised to, to see that move Going through Um Rangers signed another striker in January, Defoe. I don't think Morelos and Defoe together necessarily works. So if Rangers hold on to Morelos and have Defoe on the bench, probably not badly served. 
if they lose Morelos I agree with you I think they would need to buy a front line striker Well thank you to Charlie and Airdrie We'll stay on the phones John is a Celtic fan in Coatbridge John what's your point tonight? Hi guys a couple of points Roger and Andrew Hi John uh, no, Roger, I think I've been on here before about this See this season coming Roger who do you think is under the most pressure? Neil Lennon is doing the nine or Steven Gerrard is doing doing the nine? It's a very, very good question. I think there's there's degrees of pressure, isn't it? It's like people talk about what's the biggest pressure? Pressure to win a title or pressure to avoid relegation, that sort of thing. I think they both are under a degree of pressure. You could see Neil was under a bit of pressure just to see through the treble treble that, that Brendan Rodgers had taken so far. He was under a bit of pressure. He admitted himself after the cup final that he had felt the pressure a bit. So there's new pressure again to emulate the nine that's only been done once by each club in the past. Um, there's pressure as well. You know, can he do a quadruple treble? I know Callum McGregor was only sort of joking about it in the Hamden pitch after the cup final, but there will be people out there who will look at him to do a quadruple treble because Brendan took Celtic to the brink of the treble treble and Neil saw it through I know what you mean about Gerard. I, I think he's under pressure to win something I can't remember whether it was Craig or Charlie the last two Rangers supporters of phone there John talking about the next thing for Rangers be, being silverware um, I think there would be more pressure the following season for Rangers to stop a, a potential 10 than there is this season I think if Stephen Gerrard was to win, for argument's sake, win the Scottish Cup, I think that would take a good bit of pressure off Stephen Gerrard this season. But it's interesting because I think this argument will it will swing back and forth as the season mm-hmm. goes on. Because I think for a for a period of time, it will. You know, it's like at the start of the season, it always starts off quite tight and quite tense. Celtic had a bad start last season and came back and, and came through it with that great run in the sort of autumn time. Um, I think it'll be as long as it's nip and tuck at the top, there'll be pressure on both teams. Can I come back in, Roger? Yeah, of course. Right. See, uh, they have been the utmost of the day doing things. I've not really heard much about this young Turnbull thing there, but I was on last week and my point was last week, I think it was uh, it was it was a big Derek for once I agreed with the guy man no. <laughs> but what the point was this young boy is there to make his own mind up as far as I'm concerned. I know agents turn people's heads, right? But I'm just hoping that if he does, he finally does come to Celtic, right? I mean, what kind of welcome do you think he's got? Because a lot of bad vibes about what he's been advised and this and that. And I just hope that if he does come, that he's, he's welcome, not. I mean, because yeah. it's like, it's a case of, I, I don't know if the young boy has been advised. I know agents are there to help. I know they're good for the game in some places, but other bits are not, you know what I mean? But I just hope if he does come, he gets, you know what I mean? He's, he's welcomed to open my arms with the fans. They don't see it as oh, a, a bad bit about the boy, you know what I mean? So we're just, what do you think of that one? Well, it's interesting you bring up David Turnbull at the moment, John, because just looking at my Twitter feed there, it's been a tweet by the Scottish Sun saying that David Turnbull won't be joining Celtic as the hoops walk away from the transfer. Oh, all right. Oh, well, there you go. That's my answer answered then. So there is a chance that it looks as if that deal may not be happening. John, you see what happens at the Scottish Sun when I come away for an hour to do this Clyde phone in, you know? They can't do without you, mate. You're the main <laughs> man. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's been an interesting one. Um, when I left the office about, let me see, an hour and a half ago, um, we still believe the deal was on the table. Now, I'm not sure whether David Turnbull and his representatives have walked away from that deal or whether the deal has been removed by Celtic. 
Um, yeah. It's been... It's been an odd one to be honest with you John The way the whole thing's played out It started last, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday With the statement from Motherwell Very very seldom you see a selling team Putting out a statement saying We've agreed a fee This could be, you know Almost life changing for Motherwell The amount of money we're bringing in It smashes the transfer revenue we've had in the past It would set the club up And we've now let David go and speak to, to Celtic Unusual to see that That sort of put a bit of pressure on Turnbull and his representatives in Celtic to agree personal terms. Celtic made which my understanding was a very, very generous offer. Um, I believe he was offered more at the start of his deal than Virgil van Dijk or Victor Wanyama earned at the start of their yeah. Celtic careers. Um, I believe that Celtic didn't want to offer more because it would have put a 19-year-old newcomer on more money than a large number. Of the guys who have won the treble treble And you know what happens If you do that The guys who have won the treble treble Then fall on an orderly queue Outside Peter Lawwell's office And just chopping his door And asking for more money So that's why clubs have A salary structure They didn't want to break The salary structure For a new signing It's nothing to do with David Turnbull It's not really done Had it been anyone You know had it been a foreign player Had Marion Schwed In January asked for that type of money They wouldn't have broken The wage structure for him either So Celtic have decided now I'm just actually getting information in it as we speak. I believe, you know, as Andrew says, Celtic have dropped their interest in the player. They are going to move on to new targets. Um, they described it on Friday as a magnificent offer. Um, I'll be very interested to hear once Neil Lennon and John Kennedy address the media early in pre-season what they make of the offer, what they make of the decision. And where Celtic go now Because clearly that's an area of the pitch They were targeting this Advanced midfield player A link man to, to the striker Edward or Griffiths Whoever it's going to be I like Turnbull So a lot of them last season He's a very forward minded player He's a very technical player He plays with his head up He's, um, he's a wee bit of He's a wee bit gallus But in a good way if you know what I mean John I think he would have been an asset to Celtic Clearly Neil Lennon thinks he would have been an asset to Celtic Because they agreed a fee to take him from Motherwell Interesting to see where it all shakes down now Well thank you to John in Coatbridge 0141 951 1025 If you want to get involved We'll have more on that And Chris Boyd's retirement after the travel with Ali Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to thompsons.com Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. And the breaking news that it looks as if the deal, Celtic's deal for David Turnbull, has been taken off the table, which means that this transfer saga that's gone on for for just under a week or so looks as if it's not happening now, Roger. Yeah, um, and it'll be interesting now for David Turnbull. I would assume he will go back to start pre-season training with his motherwell teammates. Um, they've got a couple of games in Northern Ireland before they start the start of Betfred Cup. Campaign in mid-July um, There has been Quite a bit of interest I remember at the tail end of last season There was a one game at Fur Park With 15 different scouts They're watching David Turnbull There's been interest from Barnsley There's been interest from Southampton There's been interest from Sheffield Wednesday They're all keen So Motherwell won't want to miss out on the money The statement from Motherwell last Wednesday or Thursday night Outlined just how important That money Around £3 million Andrew was to the future of Motherwell Motherwell are heavily reliant on the Welsh Society income But it's not huge amounts of income Alan Burroughs has never hidden away from the fact that 
you know, reaching cup semi-finals and finals is hugely significant to the revenue streams for Motherwell and selling players at least one in every window is hugely significant for Motherwell. They've made wee bits and bobs of money, compensation for Jake Hasty, compensation for Chris Cadden when he goes to Oxford, compensation for young lad McKinstry that went to Leeds. But this, this was major money for Motherwell. This smashed the transfer record set 25 years ago for Phil O'Donnell. This was huge. Motherwell must not miss out on this money. 0141-951-1025. If you want to get on the phones, that's exactly what... Aman, a Celtic fan in Govan Hill, has done. Aman, what do you make of this David Turnbull business? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. I was just going to just before I just before you put me on, I was speaking to the guy who took the phone calls, and he I asked him what's your obsession with midfielders. I mean, Ryan Christie's a much player, better player than that Turnbull boy, and he's only 19. You can have a great season, and then he would have been lost to the game like Scott Allen. So I don't know why Celtic obsessed with midfielders. I, I, I like him, man. He's a left back, a right back, a central defender. So you got you got some in midfielders. You got the Azani coming back, that Shred boy coming back, Roger. You got well. That, no, I don't. I don't understand. And another point I can have after that, please. I, I I quite like him. I think he's a better player than Scott Allen. I have to say, and you know sometimes. You don't sign players to go straight, and you know you look at the way Roger ended the season, not at the top of his game. The way in Cham ended the season. Not at the top of his game You just wonder if If there was a bid for, for one or other of them Whether maybe Celtic might be inclined to let them go And, and Turnbull's already there to fill that gap um, He's a young Scottish player He would have had, for me A good sell-on value And I know the point you make I think if everyone's fit Celtic probably pick Brown, McGregor and Christie As a midfield three with a couple of wide men and Edward um, But David Turnbull for me would have been a good option He would only have improved had he been at Celtic with, with better players. So I think the lad himself has maybe missed a trick here. And for whatever reason, Celtic have just grown tired. They've grown fed up of the pursuit of the player. It's a pursuit that's gone on for, for more than a week now or for around a week now. I think they would have expected if, if the lad had really wanted to go and play for Celtic, the deal would have been done because they claim, and I've no reason to disbelieve this, they've made what yeah. they describe as a magnificent offer. But... Celtic will just go and go and get another player now, yeah. man. Do you want to come back in? Well, like you said, you, yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, like you said, uh, you said he was too gallus, you know, you liked him because of you bit gallus, but I think you got a bit too much gallus there, you know, thinking I can take this move. You know, that's why I don't know. I mean, the Scottish. You know, you keep mentioning the Rellers that you're going to go for big. And they're spending a million then ten million some Chinese fund ten million and then this season he's gonna go and Rangers gonna do this. I mean Jed I said he's lucky he got three uh, he got for three, you know. Well it's not a very good Blame. No, I, th- I think Amon was making a, a point about Morelos here. I couldn't quite make out um, as to whether he's, he's saying Morelos will go or Morelos won't go. The one thing I would say about Morelos in this window is. If he stays at Rangers, he's going to have to give himself a shake, Andrew. Discipline-wise, appalling last season. Whether the red cards were overturned or not, he still got them in the first place. He missed far too many games for Rangers. Um, we're watching the Copa America these nights, and Colombia manager Carlos Queiroz didn't pick him because of his disciplinary problems at Rangers last season. Um, they're not missing him. They just beat Argentina 2-0 the other night, it has to be said. 
But if he's going to have any aspirations to to go to a higher level than the Rangers and to get back into the Columbia squad, he's going to have to improve his discipline. Well, thank you to our man in Govan Hill. If we go back to David Turnbull, and we saw Alan Burrows, he, he came out and he said how this was going to be a sort of once in a generation chance for him to transform the club with the yeah. amount of money that they yeah. would get from David Turnbull. Is that something that the club might now be disappointed in that this deal is now looks as if it's been taken off the table? It would only be natural if Alan Burrows and the board at Motherwell were a bit anxious tonight because it's only natural that they were counting the money. Um, they said as much in a statement at the tail end of last week, just what it would have meant to the club. They, I think, wrongly as it turns out, just assumed David Turnbull and his representative would roll up at Celtic Park, sign the deal, and they'd be unveiled the next day as a Celtic player. Um, hasn't quite worked out that way. Um, football's a strange business. If David Turnbull's form were to dip, does his transfer value dip? Um, the flip side of that is he could go out and score 15 goals before Christmas and be sold for £4 million we don't know but but at the minute this will be a setback for Motherwell I'm sure they were counting the money and and they don't they don't just hand the £3 million to Stephen Robinson and go and say go, you go and buy five players it's a bit more than that it's about paying wages it's about paying staff wages it's about the maintenance of the club it's about putting the club on a, on a stronger financial footing you know I've heard Alan Burrow saying in the past he'll lie in bed awake at night worrying about Motherwell's finances had this Turnbull money come in, it would sound night sleep for a long, long time. And the good thing for Celtic, you'd think, is, is all this has happened very early in the transfer window. They've now got that money still, and they've got a couple of months to now do what they like with it. Yeah, and, and Celtic all the way through this seemed quite calm, quite composed. They were comfortable with the offer that they made to the player. Um, they weren't going to get rushed into doing anything foolish to, to overpay them, to break the wage structure. They... I keep using the word They said it was a Magnificent offer um, It was certainly an offer That they thought Would be enough To get David Turnbull David Turnbull's representatives Have turned it down The offer has now Been taken off the table um, and Listen Good luck to David Turnbull Wherever he goes In his career Seems a, a nice young man Very good footballer But Celtic are comfortable In the business they're doing And they will now Go and look at someone else I'm sure we'll get plenty More on David Turnbull Tomorrow night But before we finish up Tonight, something I wanted to touch on was Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd, after around 300 goals spanning an 18-year career, the former Rangers striker has announced his retirement from football. He won six major honours in his time at Ibrox. He had three spells at Kilmarnock, where he's most recently the, the captain of the club. What's your reaction to it, Roger? Well, a fantastic goal scorer, a fantastic career. You think he's been to England, Turkey, the United States... Um, the all-time leading goal scorer on the SPL era More than 100 league goals for Kilmarnock I think he's the fourth leading scorer in Kilmarnock's history Well over 100 league goals for Rangers In two spells at the club um, He has just been over an 18-year period One of the biggest, most recognisable figures in Scottish football um, With a great nose for goals A great knowledge of the game Kilmarnock will miss him Kilmarnock, make no mistake Wanted to keep him next season um, Other clubs wanted to sign him next season But at the age of almost 36 He's decided that um, He wants to embrace other challenges And you've not to worry Andrew He won't be too far away He will be appearing in the Scottish Sun Every Saturday once the league season kicks off I'm sure we'll be hearing and seeing plenty of Chris Boyd Over the next few years as I well so. But Do you think that Angelo Alessio might be quite Disappointed in this Because he's yeah. got someone Who has a lot of experience We know he can score goals That was at the yeah. club And is, is now going A hundred percent And and you look at The departure of Steve Clark Has almost sort of masked 
the number of players who have left Kilmarnock. You know, Jordan Jones, we mentioned earlier on, has gone to Rangers. Chris Boyd has retired. They only lost Greg Stewart there in January. Um, Alec Bruce's contract's expired. And then you look at the lone players. Malumbu has gone back to Celtic. Shibola back to Aston Villa. Miller back to Liverpool. McAlaney thinks going back to Fleetwood. And Jolly has gone back to Bournemouth. It's an awful lot of quality players to lose. Um, I believe there's other clubs looking at the likes of Scott Boyd as well. So, on one hand, Alessio might like that. It might allow him the scope to go and get his own players. But when Kilmarnock go to Connors Key Nomads for this first Europa League game... Uh, the squad will, you know, it will need reinforcements. Uh, just quickly, any Chris Boyd memories that stand out for you? Just the goals that he scored. I mean, he did score many, many different goals. Remember scoring headers for Scotland. He won the Kieran Cup with Scotland, if you remember, a couple of goals against Bulgaria and Japan many years ago. You remember the free kick in the Scottish Cup final against Queen of the South? The one for me that summed him up, League Cup final against Dundee United. Rangers were about to lose. Mark Kerr put a goal back, ball back to his own goalie. Boyd read it and scored The rest was history Well that's all for tonight Plenty happening on tonight's show The deal looks dead in the water For David Turnbull Shea Ojo signs for Rangers We'll have plenty more tomorrow night Ryan Borthwick is up next